Hi, I'm Jillian Swinford. And I'm Haley Brolison. And this is Mother Nature Will Kill You. A podcast about the most horrific tragedies and the most triumphant survival stories that the wilderness can provide. So grab your backpack and maybe a bottle of wine and let's go on a wild ride into the unknown. Walking down this road I go, but I am going alone, running far, far from home, till I am skin and bone. Welcome to the pod cast. <laughs> um, I hope you all have been doing well. I have been, I've been doing pretty well. How about you? Yeah. All, been all right. Considered. Yeah. All things considered, I've been all right. Yeah. Just very overwhelmed with a lot of things in my life, but <laughs> per usual, but it's fine. Yeah. But like, what fine. else is new? Uh- I know. It's like I was talking to my coworker today and she was like, Man, you must must be really stressed with Ocean Fest. I was like, Yeah, I am. And like Ocean Fest is not this weekend, but next weekend. So it's almost mm-hmm. done. And I was like, but once that's over, I gotta go do this other thing. So it just never stops. It's like and I put like the you know the emoji that has the happy face with like the tear from its eye now. Yes. It's like the happy tear. Yeah. But it's also like sarcastically used as like the kill me please tear. Like yeah. it's it's more like I am smiling to maintain appearances, but I'm really crying and, and it's yeah. kind of coming through a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that uh video of the little girl and she's like so tired that she's like crying and her mom's like are you crying? And she's like, I'm not crying. I'm laughing. And she's like, <laughs> but she's crying. She's like trying to force laugh. And I'm like, girl, that's me all the time with work. We are crying. all like toddlers. I feel like on the inside. Yeah. Grownups are just children that learned how to deal with their problems a little bit better. We learned how to mask, we learned how to mask emotions. Yeah. <laughs> but at the core of it, we still get cranky when we're hungry mm-hmm. and tired. So there's that. Yeah, I made homemade pizza tonight, and I probably had a little bit too much of it, but it was delicious. Oh, that's fun! It was I like made a homemade pizza in very long. I like was just craving like just regular pepperoni. Yeah, pizza, but like I did it, I did it fancy. I did it like with all these herbs and stuff, and it was Ooh. like it was so good. Pinky up. Yes. Um, there's a there's this gif I also use when I talk about pinky up to people. And it's Patrick Star on top of his rock, and he has his pinky up, and the, and the the gift says, "The higher you hold it, the fancier you are." And, so and he like, holds it all the way, all the way up. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, it's like hold your pinky eye. 
Well, my um, garden is finally like kicking off and um, Good. there's some flowers on stuff. So I'm like, let's get some tomatoes and peppers up in this joint. I am yes, ready. Uh, we love I a flowering it. fruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have tomatoes, peppers, I have butternut squash and spaghetti squash. And I'm trying to grow watermelon. We'll see how that goes. Watermelon. What? (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of a throwback when you think about it. Hell yeah. Back to vine. Yeah. Um, But other than that, I've just kind of been, we've had some like laid back weekends, which I think we needed. um, Yeah. After uh, going to New Orleans. Oh, my foot is um, better. (laughs) Thank you for that update. Oh my goodness. Uh, it's not break com- it. No, I don't. I don't. Pretty sure I didn't break it. Um, it's still a little sore and I looked up like bone bruises and I guess sometimes it can take a couple of weeks to like fully heal. So sometimes if I walk around on it a long time, it's still kind of wonky, but yeah, finally like not hobbling anymore. <laughs> That's good. I love that for you. I know me too, because I have field work that's coming up soon. <laughs> so. Yeah. So when you told me about that last week or two weeks ago, I guess, whatever timeline that was, mm-hmm. I remember, um, sand soccer in Virginia beach. I was on two teams one year and I just completely fucked my foot. Cause I like, you don't wear any protective padding during sand soccer on your feet and you're just constantly getting impact on the top of your foot. Mm-hmm. And so I had ended up chipping a bone and then but it was also during the summer when we would do the same survey. And uh, so like no. trying to pull nets was the worst. Was that the summer I was on it with you or was that the second summer that you did it? I want to say it was the second summer because in yeah. my head I had our, I want to say like in my head, I had the thought of like, well, at least I've already done this once before. So <laughs> they know I'm a good worker and I'm not just faking this shit. Like, <laughs> Yeah, because I didn't remember that. Although there's a lot about that summer that I don't remember because of lots of stuff that yeah, in my Just life that year. Blacking a lot of things out. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, that, that survey was kind of a bright spot for me that summer. It was a good way to distract me from all the crap that was going on with my family at the time. Oh, yeah. 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 It, was, uh, it was an interesting time for me. <laughs> Uh, yeah looking back on it I bet shit (laughs) and by interesting I mean extremely rough (laughs) yes and extremely traumatic (laughs) yeah um oh my god hey but you made it through and you're here so good job I did and I managed to get a full-time job from it that's great and yeah now I'm here I haven't seen the flamingo oh my god I completely forgot about the flamingo did you go try to see it like where it said it was located I haven't I've driven by Cox Bay, but I haven't like gone on Cox Bay. Okay. So I don't know, but um, I'm asking Corey to keep an eye out because they're out sampling now. So cool. I hope he sees it. Me too. It'd be sweet. Um, How cool would it be if he sees it and he gets a good photo of it that we can use some identification marks on it? And if I see it here, we'd be like, yo. I saw your flamingo here because <laughs> we get some flamingos here seasonally. Yeah. So that would be cool if it kind of goes back and forth. Yeah. Interestingly, uh, coastal Texas is one of the like biggest bird hotspots in the entire uh, like continent, I guess. 
huh. because it's like a big migratory route for yeah. a lot of different species, especially water birds. Um, so we get a lot of like crazy stuff down here. Like we get whooping cranes, we get like spoonbills, we get ibises, we get all That's kinds of cool. I love spoonbills. Yeah, spoonbills are pretty. It's I, just interesting because they're very Floridian to me. Yeah, and, but we get them. So yeah, I definitely, I think at my core could be a birder, but I just don't make the effort to learn about birds. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, oh, that's a pretty bird. And yeah, then, like I take a picture of it and then I never look at that picture again. <laughs> I took an ornithology class in college, so I used to be able to identify pretty much any like common bird in Virginia but don't yeah. ask me to do it now because I've forgotten I but know they- a cardinal because they're red and a blue jay because they're blue <laughs> and I know the oriole because I've seen that logo a bunch of times <laughs> and uh that's about all I could tell you mm-hmm. my mom is actually a pretty avid backyard birder it's kind of yeah. hilarious I-, I don't mean like hilarious like like endearing knows- she knows all of the species like yeah she's got a little book and everything I love it so um speaking of my mom um she gave me a little uh personal survival story yes uh oh my god what happened (laughs) so my mom managed to find a patch of honest to goodness quicksand jesus christ in virginia in virginia where in so, haymarket <laughs> no not in haymarket oh my god oh my god i was like what the hell's going on there they put a hotel now there's quicksand in town what the fuck <laughs> um so she went on a girl's trip um to kilmarnock where's that that is northern neck so if oh, you okay cross the um that first bridge on the rappahannock yeah yeah, yeah. it's like on the potomac right? no on the rappahannock Oh, I thought the Northern Neck was like Potomac area too, because my aunt has a house yeah. down there. Up north is the, oh, the Rappahannock, and then south is Rappahannock. Oh, so it's not the yeah. Tappahannock yeah. Bridge. It's the one basically at the mouth of the Rappahannock. Gotcha. Um, where it meets the Chesapeake Bay. But um, it's this small little like coastal community. We used to go up there because um, we had eel uh, traps set up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, for when, when I used to work at, at Vim's. But um. So she went on a girl's trip. There's like antiquing and, you know, I gave her a couple of beaches to go to. I don't know if she actually went to any of those beaches, but they did go to a beach and they were kind of exploring around and, so you know, just fell through the sand. Well, so they were crossing this one section that had like water, I guess, running through it. And so they put a board over the water to walk across to the other side right. to go explore over there so they they go do that um and they come back and the board has floated away <gasps> oh no so but the area wasn't like super deep they just didn't want to get their feet wet because it was still kind of chilly because it's what march april i don't know what, what month yeah, is it's it april 13th right now <laughs> which is still cold in virginia yeah. like you know so so she's like yeah I'll just I'm just gonna walk through it not realizing (laughs) she takes a step and sinks all the way up to her hips just like that yeah 
holy crap she's like she went straight in there huh yeah and at first I was like well was it muddy like because I mean I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me like when we've been in the marshes and stuff but I'm like I I don't think my mom would like just full-on step into mud she's yeah she's not like a princess or anything but she's gotten the point where she's like I don't need to get dirty (laughs) like you know what I mean I don't feel like showering later yeah scrubbing my toenails out with the mud and stuff like that right so so she (laughs) she sinks up to her hips and now she's stuck there (laughs) yeah I mean like isn't quicksand like the more you move the more it sinks you too Mm-hmm. Was that happening to her? Like, if so, she like tried to shimmy, she'd just go further down. Oh my god, I'm having like an anxiety attack thinking about this. So quicksand <laughs> is actually like, I feel like it's very um, sensationalized in movies and stuff. It's not. It is. It's not dry. I, I had an irrational fear about it growing up. Remember, remember all- when you like you just be out, you're like, oh my god, what if I come across quicksand when I'm like right. in the, the forest of Virginia? <laughs> so quicksand only really forms when there's the right conditions of like sand density and water okay so you need water to have like quicksand form and so i think i don't necessarily think i'm gonna look this up real quick because now i'm quicksand is a colloid consisting i don't even know if i said that word right first of all but it consists of fine granular material such as sand silt or clay and water so it's either like a fine granular material plus water. So yes, sand yes. and water. Forms in saturated loose sand where th- when the sand is suddenly agitated. When water and the sand cannot escape, it creates a liquefied soil that loses strength and cannot support weight. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But you can't drown in it like in the movies um, because it's denser than the human body. Gotcha. But you will sink like immediately and then you're stuck. I'm just like swallowed yeah so I actually read a story about um that I'm gonna do later so I'm not gonna give too many spoilers but um you can just get stuck in it and cannot get out yourself if it like solidifies enough around you oh no if there's not enough like air pockets and stuff oh god don't tell me that I'm like looking at these (laughs) images of quicksand now I should be like not doing that and looking at how to escape quicksand and typically there's um, a lot of, there can be quicksand at beaches, um, but only under like very specific conditions. But my mom happened to find, find fucking quicksand. And so she was like texting me about it and was like, you know, the whole time I was sitting there thinking like Jillian has gotten in this situation in mud like so many times. I know she's told me how to get out of it, but I cannot remember. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what ended up happening is, um, her friend was able to help her out of it basically, because she was still mostly like on dry land at this point. And she went and was able to get the board to walk back across. But like, okay, if they had both gone in or if she had been alone, God, that would have been awful. Yeah. Would have been a lot uh worse or could yeah. be a lot worse because you know you have nobody to necessarily contact out yeah, there. Yeah, I mean to... and your phone is if your phone's in your pocket and you're up right. your way, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so there's also that. 
Yeah. Wow. So, I'm glad your mom's okay though. Yeah. <laughs> She's fine. I asked her too. I was like, so were you wearing white? <laughs> because she wears these little white capris all the time, especially oh. in the spring. She was, she was wearing. <laughs> That's so cute. It's like mom. <laughs> Look, they have a wiki how of how to get out of quicksand. Yeah. That's so one. I was get your feet out. Okay, cool. Great. <laughs> so I was going to actually go over what you should do because it's very similar to getting stuck in deep mud. Yeah. Um, like we have done many a time. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically what you want to do is you want to start wiggling one of your legs so that you can start to get it out because your legs are going to be suctioned into whatever mm-hmm. um, substrate, if it's quicksand or mud or whatever, it's a little easier with mud than it is with quicksand, but you can still do this. So you're supposed to wiggle your leg until you can get enough air in for you to get one of your legs out. Yeah. And then you take that leg and you get on your knee instead yeah. of putting your you're... foot down because mm-hmm. it gives you like way more surface area it distributes to... your weight better that way right yeah, yeah it's it's like like snowshoes basically yeah. it works under the same premise um and so then you use that leg when you're on your knee to get your other leg out and then crawl out on your knees instead mm-hmm. of walking Kinda out because walk. that's how people get stuck further so um if you're ever stuck in quicksand or in really deep mud that's what you got to do. You should look at this wiki how because the graphics of this are just not what Wait. you said at all. I'm going to put it in the chat. Like the third step is what's getting me. This guy is like literally rolling around in the quicksand. <laughs> that is another way to do it. <laughs> that is another way to do So they're, they're describing like you lay down because it puts more surface area and it's they're just rolling to get their feet twisted out of the of the quicksand I would get too nervous that my face would go under and then I would suffocate I don't think I would do that (laughs) I mean I never liked um the whole muddy situation um we didn't have that much mud when we were in um on the same survey but when I did my uh master's um, we were in some deep ass, like muddy oh, marshes, sure. um, capturing fish, and that freaked me out a little bit. And then also, um, when I moved here, um, there are some really, really muddy spots down here that we have to try to sane or trawl or whatever. And I got stuck um, once in my waders. <laughs> Oh no. Like up to my chest where the water yeah. was up to my chest and the mud was up to my butt. Did you and at least so... have a belt on with your waders? So if water got in you and go all the way down? No, like, no, I oh, didn't. That's not good. And I got water in, but I didn't like drown or anything. It was yeah. I was like, that's how people shallow. drown Jillian. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, uh, no, I was just really fucking wet the rest of the time. Yeah. But my, uh, our tech had to come literally like with the boat and pull me out. <laughs> oh my goodness. Cause I got water in cause I was doing the thing where you crawl yeah. on your knees. That's yeah. how I got the water in. <laughs> yeah. 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 Golly. Yeah. I do not miss sinking in mud at all. No, it's, sure. I mean, 
you know me. I'm, I even I'm, dealt with that some of that stuff when I was sampling in Sarasota on like juvenile snuck and wallet surveys. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh, it, it there's just something about sinking into mud, and we didn't have waders. We were just like in board shorts or like dive leggings or something like that, or like we'd be like in a wetsuit. But like, ugh, the feeling of sinking into mud like on your skin is just ugh, gross. <laughs> I don't like it. I find yeah. it particularly claustrophobic. Um, it, yes, me myself. too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't consider myself to be a claustrophobic person, but that shit definitely ruins my day for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I feel like I'm slowly turning you into a claustrophobic person. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, that's probably making me a safer person too. I mean, I'm not going to go into any caves anytime soon. So yeah. there's that. Actually, I might. I was thinking because my boyfriend's coming home with me for my friend's wedding. And I was like, what should we do while we're home? And I was like, maybe we can go to Luray Caverns. Like, I don't know. That might be interesting. And then I thought about it. I was like, that is literally the only cave I've ever been in and that I'll <laughs> ever go into. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't know by now. I fucking hate caves. <laughs> show caves are fine with me. Like, they're beautiful. I get yeah. it. There are some caves that, like, are so super super deep but like there are beautiful like crystal chambers on the bottom and I'm like okay yeah. I get I get why people want to explore that cave there are other caves where it's like just a mud pit you know yeah. like it's just you know rocky and there's not really right. anything cool to see so it's like what what why <laughs> whatever floats your boat <laughs> yeah so yeah. uh speaking of speaking caves, of caves <laughs> we're gonna talk about a cave today yeah um and ironically it is in florida yeah let's get on into it so um we're gonna be talking about ben mcdaniel today so ben is the oldest of three boys and he was born into a wealthy family who lived on the outside of memphis so this is um you know tennessee Mm mm-hmm In the late 2000s, he had hit a bit of a rough patch and returned home to live with his parents. Um, This rough patch being his marriage had ended in divorce and his construction business had failed, leaving him with tax debts of almost $50,000. And uh, speaking of tax, I hope that you guys all did your taxes because I'm pretty (laughs) sure today is the last day. Is it April 13th or 15th? I feel like it's the 14th. But yeah, well, today is your last day, folks. So get on it. To add salt to the wound, he was also still grieving over the death of his younger brother, Paul, who died in 2008 at the age of 22 from a stroke. Ben had found Paul unconscious in the family home and tried to revive him. Obviously, that's super traumatic, right? Yeah. Um, Later, Ben became active in raising money for a foundation that his parents had established to support research into prevention and treatment of strokes. However, and unfortunately, it was later revealed that Paul's cause of death was due to a drug overdose and not a stroke. So that's a little bit of a bummer. That's that's hard. Yeah. I think it'd be hard either way because on the one hand, like you you can't control a stroke, especially like when you're that young. Yeah. But on the- think you can never really know when a stroke's coming right i i mean i think you can be like predisposed especially when you're like older if you have like in your family or if you have like heart issues but like when you're that young no it's yeah often comes out of nowhere but 
So Ben's parents suggested that he take a sabbatical because obviously he's gone through a lot. So they Mm -hmm. were just like, hey, why don't you just take some time off and we'll financially support you and your dog while you go live in our uh, family beach home that's in Santa Rosa Beach on the Emerald Coast of Florida. So this is Florida Panhandle. Okay. So what, like near like Pensacola and stuff? Yeah, it's up in that okay. area. Um, Tallahassee, between Tallahassee and Pensacola, I would say. When I looked at it on a map, it was like the middle of the panhandle. Okay. Um, yeah, and I'm very bad with geography, so forgive me for that one. <clears throat> it's the redneck part of Florida. I just claim, it, yeah, I was like, I just lean into me being bad at geography. I'm just like, <laughs> um, so... Ben agreed that, you know, that would be a good move for him to do. And he moved into the house in April of 2010. And Waylon, excuse you. Stop it. You want to come sit here? Sorry. He just woke up from a nap and and whining. I thought we were going to be good, bud. No. So um, Ben agreed with his parents that he should move to the Emerald Coast in their beach house. And so he did so in... April 2010, his parents and his girlfriend believe that the move had started to be beneficial for him because he started talking and thinking about moving on from his past. So he was ready to start a new life. And he was talking about getting his dive instructor certification so he could explore a career in cave diving, which um, speaking of diving and caves, he was able to get back to his preferred hobby which was scuba diving now that mm-hmm. he had moved to florida um i apologize if you heard all that noise Waylon just made his second bed for the night <laughs> and he's he's good now <laughs> um, making a nest he has this habit of like literally ripping all the sheets down my bed when he's making his nest and I'm sitting here like in the sheets and he just like rips them off of me. And I was like really worried that that was going to happen because I have like my laptops and everything around. I'm like, please don't rip anything and make everything fall over. Um, so since he moved to the panhandle, he got back into scuba diving and he was talking to his family and his girlfriend about pursuing a career in scuba diving, being an instructor and exploring mm-hmm. the caves around Florida. Um He had taken diving up first uh, at the age of 15, and he was practicing uh, with tanks in his family pool. So he kind of had a really easy start to it. Um, You know, that's easier than everyone else that starts into it. They're just kind of like, here you go. Throw you into a quarry. Figure it out. No, (laughs) I know. I feel like if you had tanks and like you had your own family pool, like that would be super like relaxing to learn it because it is an odd feeling breathing underwater at first. It so is. that would be very nice to ease your way into it doing that. The first time um, you do it, um, and I remember my instructor telling me this, and it, he's absolutely right. Like it feels like you're drowning. Yeah, but you're not. Yeah, because like, even the mask over your face is over your nose, and so you're like trying to. Yeah, everything is just suctioning on your face, and then you're breathing through the the regulator, and it's just yeah. like, oh, this is so weird. And you're yeah, because your brain is like, you should be dead right now. You should be yeah. dead. But your yeah, body's like, this, like this is not okay. happening. Yeah. <laughs> and then like you're breathing super fast because you're like, what's happening? And then like yeah. you just lose all your air ASAP. <laughs> oh yeah. I I go through air like so quickly. And now it's not because I'm yeah. like super panicky. It's just I think I just breathe a lot. 
<laughs> me too. I try to consciously slow myself down, like count my breaths, but then I'm just like, I get distracted with like yep. a fish or something and then I just yeah. keep swimming. Yeah. So. And you get excited because you're like, yeah. oh, cool. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so despite living on the coast during his sabbatical, he preferred to dive in freshwater becoming a frequent visitor to Vortex Spring, which was located a few miles inland of where he was living. Do you hear my dog barking? I don't. Oh, now I do. Why do you see some birds out there? Somebody's walking. Some grandma is walking by and she's like, must defend the territory. That's funny. My parents are at their beach house right now and they have three dogs with them. They have like, it's like my aunt's three dogs. And every time I call them, like, there's just always dogs barking in the background because the one dog (laughs) is naturally very barky. And then like when the one dog starts barking, then the other ones start barking. And I'm just like, Jesus, who do you have at the house? Like, it's over there. And that's like, I don't know. I didn't mean to, but I was like, damn, that's loud. You're probably going to pick that up. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's all good. I heard it a little bit. It's fine. I really don't care though. Um, So yeah, so at Vortex Spring, which claims on its website to be the largest diving facility in the state, divers descend into clear waters at a constant temperature of 68 degrees Fahrenheit, fed by the Floridian aquifer. Um, Diving instruction is offered for all levels, and experienced divers come for the wildlife underwater and the cavern, which begins at 58 feet below the surface. All divers are required to present proof of open water certification and sign a release of liability. That is also for any dive shop ever. You always have to sign a release of liability. Well, yeah. There's nothing out of the ordinary. Um, Wait, wait, wait. So you just have to have open water to go in the cave? That's all you need? Isn't that wild? That's not. No, no. I know you have to have, I feel like you should have some sort of cave experience. Yeah. Or like just advanced at the very least advanced diver. Or like night diving. I don't know. It's probably dark in there. Um, I'd be more concerned about the whole running out of air issue and like getting lost in the silt and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, but wait, you're going to be so pissed off later. Just wait. Okay. (laughs) I purposely did not look I barely anything up about it. So I I just know like the basics. Oh, well, then you probably already know what's going to piss you off or what I think is going to piss you off. We'll 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 find out. We're going to find out. (laughs) Two more, two more chunks. All right. So for the most experienced divers, some of whom come from around the world, the main attraction of the Vortex Spring is the cave, which starts about 300 feet from the cavern at a depth of 115 feet. So we said that the cavern begins at 58 feet below the surface, but it starts 300 feet from the cavern. Does that make sense? Kind of. Is it just like, it must be, what is the difference between a cavern and a cave? I was just thinking that because I was like, I just pulled this from Wikipedia. So I'm like, now that I'm reading this out loud again, I'm like, wait a minute. Cave entrances. Cave entrances are on the Earth's surface, while a cavern has its opening underground. A cave has one opening, while a cavern may have multiple openings. That doesn't help. It doesn't help. (laughs) A cave is defined as any cavity in the ground that has a section which does not receive direct sunlight. A cavern is just one type of cave formed 
naturally insoluble rock. Okay, that's not helping either. <laughs> so I'm wondering if like it starts at 58 feet below the water surface, right? Mm-hmm. But then it's it looks like deep. To Maybe. me, the cavern is like a just a big section at the very bottom of the springs. Mm-hmm. But the actual entrance to the cave is like a much smaller section. Okay. Like a narrow t- I'm looking at like a map of it right now. Yeah, the map of it's not the greatest either. Confusing, which is why you shouldn't go in. <laughs> yeah, if you can't really read the map that great, maybe it shouldn't be there. It, it just looks like a ca- the cavern is just like a bigger part of the cave to me. Okay. But cavern. like one is inside the other type of thing. So maybe yeah. that's what it means. Like the entrance like, to the cave is at the bottom of the cavern. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, one is within the other. So the cavern begins <laughs> at 58 feet and then the entrance to the cave is at 300 feet. And it looks like it's much smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Cave and, talk with well, Haley and Jillian. I know you're learning along with us, so just come on for the ride. <laughs> Hold on to your butts. Um, so where was I? The main attraction of Vortex Spring is the cave, which starts 300 feet from the cavern. So the cave has a depth of 115 feet. Okay. Um, at the entrance of the cave is a sign depicting the Grim Reaper and warning divers that the consequences of continuing past that point could be fatal. The cave continues uh, steadily narrowing, like you were saying, it looks pretty small, steadily narrowing to a makeshift rebar gate with a chain and padlock almost 300 feet from the entrance. The dive shop gave the key only to those who could show that they had cave diving certification. Okay. So, okay, that. That's good on them, right? <laughs> so I guess you just have to have open water to like dive the spring. Maybe. Yeah. And like then, the cavern part. Yeah, the cavern part of it. And then the cave part, you have to have your cave diving certification. Okay. That's that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah. I was like, how are you just gonna go 300 feet with open water? <laughs> um that's deep. So that yeah. is very deep. Um so Cave diving certification requires two months training, including 125 dives with an instructor or certified diving partner. Mm-hmm. And this policy was instituted after the deaths of 13 divers in the cave during the 1990s oh my in God. response to threats from the state to ban diving in the cave entirely. So wait, they makes... didn't all die at the same time, did they? I don't believe so. No. Like, I, okay. I think it was collectively over the 19. 19- 90s there was okay 13 divers that died in there so it's like and wait I'm assuming, how have I not heard of that <laughs> I didn't look into that too deeply but I'm assuming it's just a, a couple close yeah. back to back in the yeah. like, you know handful of years and the state was like all right sums up yeah okay figure this shit out gotcha um starting from the gate over 1600 feet through the areas limestone bedrock have been mapped to a depth of 310 feet uh, the cave's Where's full he? extent is not known. At oh, some man. points, the passage narrows to 10 inches, requiring divers to take off their tanks, push them forward through the passage, and twist their bodies to follow. Fuck that. No. Again, I think I said this in the last episode. Why are you forcing yourself through something that you're clearly not meant to be forced through? And I know what you're going to say. It's because of the thrill of it. They want to see what's over there. They want to experience and explore, but still. Not that badly. 
yeah like <laughs> I don't have that need no um well and okay what'd you say 10 inches 10 inches I'm like how does a person even fit in 10 inches that's when you have to like breathe out I can't my boobies are too big my too thigh big. isn't even like 10 inches like are you kidding me I think my shoulders are probably Marcy She's standing on my chair. She just she just wants to be included. Marcy, do you want a podcast? You have something to tell the people? Um, yes, I saw a bird outside, mom, and don't worry, I ran it away. (laughs) House is fine. (laughs) (laughs) The good deed is done for the day. (laughs) So, side note, my friends and I were when over the weekend we were talking about the voices we give our dogs and. And because my friend Nikki, she recently got a bulldog and I did not realize how much bulldogs gargle, but this bulldog sounds like a freaking gremlin and it was just weirding me out the whole time. And she's, she's a cute bulldog, but it's literally like (laughs) all the time. (laughs) And so then Emily was like, what do you think Lola's voice is like? It was just like, hey, mom. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was telling them how, like, Waylon's is dopey. He's like, oh, hey, mom. Like, you're home. Oh, my God. Let's go play. (laughs) Marcy's is very, uh, mom, I don't think I like that very much. Um, (laughs) It's, like, very particular. Yeah. She knows what she wants. Um, This was dog talk with Jillian and Haley. (laughs) So many. Back to cave talk. Sorry. (laughs) I just thought it was important to tell everyone the voices that we give our dogs. (laughs) It is. This is very important. Um, So back to cave talk. Ben was a regular at the Vortex Spring, regular enough that the dive shop employees and other frequent visitors came to know him. One of the employees, Chuck Cornyn, believed that while Ben had the proper equipment and considerable diving knowledge, he was often very confident in his abilities and shot or excuse me, and not shy about saying so. So that opinion was in the Memphis commercial appeal. um, And that was later reported. Um, It says here that it was shared by posters on a scuba diving website on scubaboard.com who had also met Ben during his trips to Vortex Spring and according to a 2014 online comment by his father, he could not find anyone at Vortex Spring willing to be his diving partner. Mm. So he did his dives alone. No. And that was the no. part that I was like, you're going to be so pissed at this. Because <laughs> I have here in bold, I was like, a major rule about diving is to never dive alone. You yeah. always have to have your dive buddy in case something happens. Yeah. I married mine. So yeah, yeah he's always he's my dive buddy for life. Yes. <laughs> It's like in Finding Nemo. Do you have your exit buddy? Yeah. Grab onto them. Well, and that's even more important when you're cave diving because so much can go wrong. Like the last episode we did about the Plura cave, mm-hmm. like they all had dive buddies the, yeah. the whole time. And that one of them still died. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, but like, could you imagine like if you had gotten in a situation that could have been helped had another person been there oh shoot mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then no, you're and good. then yeah anyway sorry continue very <laughs> no, good so on august 20th 2010 employees in the dive shop noticed that his pickup truck had remained in the shop's parking lot 
for the previous two days. He had last been seen by two of those employees on the evening of August 18th on a dive entering the cave, um, like we said, 58 feet below the water surface. So to backtrack, two days before, on August 18th, he went up to the vortex spring again, like he normally does. In the middle of the day, he did one dive and other divers saw him looking closely at the area around the cave entrance as if it was later reported he was planning something. Mm. Um, After resurfacing, he filled his tanks at the dive shop and that was confirmed by the shop's security cameras. Um, But it is not known what he filled those tanks with. Uh, mm-hmm. assuming oxygen you would hope right um, yeah he spent most oops excuse me he spent much of the rest of the afternoon by himself alongside the spring testing equipment and making notes on his dive log or in his dive log sorry um the day had been hot with temperatures around 90 degrees fahrenheit and as evening came ben began preparing for another dive he called his mother on his cell phone and that was the last contact he had with his family and around 7 30 p.m the sun began to set and he went in again so not only is he doing a second dive and going into the cave but he's also doing this at night which is also pretty dangerous if you don't have the proper equipment well i think in a in a cave situation like it doesn't really matter right yeah but i would also think if you're coming out of the cave you would see the surface because it's light so you at Mm -hmm. least know you're kind of going in the right direction yeah that's true i mean it is still pretty i guess you're right it's pretty deep to the to the cavern yeah or to the but i mean but like to your point like it's going to be dark down there anyway so right like um cornin and and a fellow employee was were on their way back from a dive and um you know they always do this on Wednesdays they uh come back from their dives and they saw that Ben had began descending Mm -hmm. with his lights on and wearing a helmet so that suggested he was venturing into the cave Mm -hmm. um the other employee who had suspected for some reason um excuse me suspected for some time that Ben was forcing the gate open went down to him and unlocked it watching ben go in and then returning to cornyn no one is known to have seen him since so this it was uh cornyn and a fellow employee uh were coming back from a dive saw that ben was descending and was trying to get into the cave went down unlocked it for him and then turned around and uh exited the spring as ben continued into the cave and then ben was never seen again um so on some nights when these two employees had seen ben dive late they stayed at the spring after resurfacing until they saw bubbles on the surface indicating that ben was beginning to decompress in order to safely resurface Mm -hmm. Um, however on that night on the 18th they just went back to one of their houses for coffee instead and not thinking anything of it Ben's truck was still in the parking lot the next morning, but with many summer visitors coming to and from the dive shop, um, the employees claimed that they were too busy to notice what cars had been staying there for too long. Yeah. So um, once they did notice that Ben's truck was there for a few days on end, they called the Holmes County Sheriff's Office. And so <clears throat> that goes into the search of Ben. So upon arrival, the sheriff's 
deputies sealed off the spring with the crime scene tape obviously that's the first thing that they're gonna do right yeah um ben's tanks wetsuit and other diving equipment were not present and there were no signs of a struggle near his truck or anywhere else he could have been his wallet had almost eleven hundred dollars in cash and his cell phone were in the cab of his truck dive logs showed that he had explored the cave and a map he made was also found so hinting at him going back to the cave obviously yeah at the santa rosa beach house officers found his dog who was hungry because he was left mm. alone for two days at poor puppy oh my god oh gosh i my think about heart. what happens to wayland if i like ever have something traumatic happen to me and it tears my heart apart i know um, good thing people like expect me to be places i guess yeah it's <laughs> like, good thing I have, yeah. yeah i was like good thing i live with someone that's like if i'm not around they're like hey something's yeah. off um based on these circumstances police and dive shop employees assumed that he had never resurfaced and had in all probability drowned somewhere in the cave trying to get out mm-hmm. the diver dogs alerted on the water surface furthering supporting that theory um reports of a missing diver in the vortex cave spread and other cave divers volunteered for what they assumed would be a recovery operation right. taking advantage of the weekend the mcdaniels were called and they drove to florida along with uh ben's girlfriend to observe from the shore news media in the panhandle in memphis followed the search closely uh captain harry hamilton an investigator for holmes county assumed at first that a very large number of divers both amateur and expert would volunteer to search and recover ben's body he soon realized that very few divers in the world quote unquote possessed the training and skill to attempt such a dangerous cave diving recovery um, example was the Thai cave soccer mm-hmm. team, how those scuba divers were coming from all over the world and highly trained to, too. yeah, experienced <laughs> divers scour the cave, investigating small crevices and fissures Ben might've entered in a panicked attempt to exit the cave as his tanks ran low, which is a pattern that is found in other cave diving deaths. Cause when mm-hmm. people start to panic, they lose their, um, you know, senses and get lost. Yeah. It reminds me of that one we did early on where it wasn't cave diving, but the cave flooded mm-hmm. um, and they found all of their bodies like shoved up to where like there would still Gosh. be air. Oh, yeah. The one that was like, was that in England or Scotland? Yeah. yeah. Somewhere over there. Oh, yeah. That one gives me chills. I don't like that. That's what they, that like, reminds really me of. Like, and they probably like what they had like their scratches on the ceiling too because they were mm-hmm. trying to like, <sighs> yeah, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. It was, um, a risky recovery operation or attempt. And one diver said they had nearly died during the search. Multiple mm-hmm. divers searched through the weekend, but did not find Ben. They did, however, find some of his equipment. Two tanks known to belong to him were found near the entrance to the cave, but this discovery struck some searches as inconsistent with Ben's supposed intent to explore the cave, he was technically not permitted to enter. Cave divers usually place extra air tanks needed for decompression at points along their exit route so they mm-hmm. can follow them out and not only at the entrance of the cave. When tested, the tanks were found to contain normal air, not the specialized gas mix required for diving at depth. Ben right. would have, Yeah, Ben would have been aware of this requirement if he had been researching cave diving as his parents reported 
Mm-hmm. More detailed information regarding tanks was given in the Ben's Vortex documentary. Three tanks believed to belong to Ben were recovered. Tank one was an aluminum 80 uh, full tank with a regulator was found at 200 feet. Mm-hmm. So that would have been like what decompression tank probably. Yeah. Well, so that's why I was thinking when you said that like they weren't sure what he put in his tanks because I think there's like a special like nitrox mixture you have to do at like like below certain depths Mm -hmm. in order and that's why the risk of the bends is so much worse when you're well part of the reason why it's so much worse when you're diving deeper is because you have a different mixture of oxygen to Mm -hmm. I don't know is it nitrogen I don't know (laughs) I I, I want to say it's nitrogen but don't quote me on that I don't do deep dives so (laughs) I just do the regular (laughs) yeah and I hardly okay. do the regular these days anyways, too. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> two other tanks lacking regulators were attached to the talk box in the outer cavern area where the talk box was located at the time. I don't know what a talk box is. I actually, so, so uh, I am looking at pictures right now. That's why I keep looking away. I actually just clicked on a picture of the talk box like minutes before you said that. It cool. looks, I was like, don't ask me because I don't know. <laughs> it's like a um, a metal cube that you can go up in through the bottom it looks like almost like there would be air um so like maybe you could take your regulator out and talk to somebody if you needed to oh that's interesting um and it's it's not in the cavern it's like in the piano room is what they call it okay maybe there's one down there too but that's what it looks like to me Hmm. is that it's a it's a box that you could like that has air for you to like talk to another person I gotcha for a little bit yeah yeah so yeah that talk box was uh with two other tanks and those tanks were lacking regulators so who knows what was going to go on there and I guess let me read this again it looks like that's only at a depth of 21 feet from what I'm reading here the talk box mm -hmm. yeah it looks like it's like definitely in sunlight (laughs) for sure yeah okay so yeah it's closer to the surface by sunday august 22nd no other signs of ben had been found a text message was sent to ed Sorensen, a veteran cave diver and recovery specialist with nearly 2500 log dives he was on a yacht in the bahamas leading an expedition he came to the vortex spring the next day other divers and an official with international underwater cave rescue and recovery told him it was too dangerous to search any deeper into the cave. Sorensen, who had been described by the Tampa Bay Times as being able to go where other divers cannot, persisted. He made three separate dives that day, going, by his account, 1,700 feet into the cave, 200 feet further than those sections Ben had mapped, using a diver I can't even say propulsion. Wow, what's happening to me? Using a diver propulsion vehicle and smaller tanks to increase his range, he found nothing, no body, and no evidence of one such as increased activity by carnivorous aquatic scavengers, nor any evidence that Ben had gotten into those sections, such as marks on the cave's walls or disturbed silt. So no sign of Ben at all. Ben was six feet one inch tall and weighed 210 pounds um so one inch taller and 20 pounds heavier than Sorensen so mm-hmm. that he is a that 
Sorensen guy is a good measure for where Ben could have gone. Yeah. Well, and Um, you think that like for like the carnivorous predators at that point, they would not have been able to like completely eat him away either. So Mm -hmm. like there'd be no way, especially because there's not like a lot that probably go all the way down into the cave system. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw that there were some American eels in Vortex Spring and I was like, whoa, friends. That's cool. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Neat. No, you're good. That's cool though. I guess it makes sense because it's freshwater, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> without cave diving training, Sorensen said there was no way that Ben could have gotten through some of the narrower passages. <clears throat> I know what I'm doing and I barely made it through, he told the commercial appeal. This was mm. Sorensen. The last place I searched was pristine without a mark that a diver had been there. It would be impossible to go through that restriction without making a mark on the floor or ceiling. He's mm. not in there. So, did a search. Your your boy was not found. The McDaniels did what they could to help the search. They hired Steve Keen, who originally mapped the Vortex Spring in 2003, just to look at it. After seven dives, he apologized to the McDaniels for not finding any fresh sign of Ben. And he's quoted saying, if he's in there, I don't know where he'd be. Um, <clears throat> the McDaniels agreed. To put up $54,000 to guarantee the cost of replacing a, a uh, ROV, underwater, remotely operated underwater vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, that was brought in to the spring by the Fort Lauderdale police, just in case it was lost in the cave due to the surge. <clears throat> in total, 16 divers spent 36 straight days looking for Ben's body in the cave with no results. Volunteer searches continued afterwards at the spring through November, often with the McDaniels and his girlfriend in attendance. And then there was also searches on land. So with the cave thoroughly searched, some divers began questioning whether Ben was there at all. Perhaps his body had been secretly removed from the cave before searching began and disposed of on land or had washed through the spring's outlet. Others, Mm -hmm. including Cornyn and Kelly, suggested that he had staged his own disappearance to start his life over under another identity and escape his past troubles. Mm -hmm. Authorities began to consider these possibilities and adjust their search. The cadaver dog searched the woods around the vortex spring without success. Assisted by helicopters, they searched the swamps along the spring's outflow into Blue Creek and Sandy Creek to the Choctawatchee River. 30 separate tests of the water over the next several months showed no sign of an increase in the bacterial that would indicate the presence of a decomposing human body. And then the other employee that was with Cornyn said that he had let Ben into the cave despite knowing he lacked certification to dive in it, passed a lie detector to test his account. Yeah. Um, Interesting. I'm looking at a map right now, like Mm -hmm. to look at the like watershed of Vortex Spring, like where it dumps out into. And it is such a large area though, that like if he like flowed out through like the cave's outflow like who knows where he could have ended up if they didn't even think about looking into it until like 36 days later yeah because it's like a big old swampy area this like chocktawachi river Mm -hmm. it looks very like alligators by then too yeah maybe Hmm. okay that's wild so frustrated by the limitations the search had thus far encountered 
and increasingly coming to believe that Ben's body was in an area of the cave that no one had yet reached. His parents offered a reward of $10,000 and the with the insinuation of um the insinuation of cowardice alienated divers who had already risked their lives searching the cave and raised fears among them that it would only encourage untrained divers Mm. to enter the cave and take potentially fatal risks for the reward money yeah so they raised the money um from a benefit that would have been ben's 31st birthday and at the end of the year to anyone quote-unquote brave enough to go into the place to find it so they were like trying to get people to find him by like making them feel brave that's that's and then i don't know how i feel about that yeah but then like obviously that's like raising fear of like well untrained divers are gonna go try to find this for ten thousand dollars and kill themselves so yeah um but they were not deterred by that and they increased the award twice apparently um in march of 2012 by which time the reward had been increased to $30,000. The fears of the cave divers were realized. Two days before the investigation discovery cable channel series disappeared, aired a segment on Ben's case. A diver from Biloxi, Mississippi, Larry Higginbottom, died in the cavern at Vortex Spring. His body was found the next day after he too had failed to return from a dive. He got, and this is quoted from one of the divers that said he just got himself in a pinch and couldn't find his way back out yeah um there was no explicit evidence that higginbottom was trying to find ben and claim the reward the divers who recovered the body believed that he was however um there's another uh, Sorensen quote was quoted saying he was found near a shovel left near the a restriction so small that no one could get through it so he was trying to squeeze through a itty bitty spot yeah which um, it sounds like like even the really experienced people haven't fully explored the cave so it's not to say that um ben didn't find a section that maybe somebody hasn't found yet and got himself stuck somewhere or something like that yeah Hmm. okay that's that's totally true i mean he could have found some spot and then disoriented himself yeah the following month an increasing or excuse me the following month amid increasing criticism the mcdaniels rescinded the reward offer uh, and Sorensen was quoted saying not only did it endanger the lives of divers who would risk going farther than they should you know it, it put all of our lives at risk because yeah. we have to go in to recover more bodies now yeah so by that time when they rescinded the reward offer his parents Ben's parents uh also came to believe that if he had not died in the cave he had been murdered Mm. A phone tip line they set up had not received any calls and no one had yet said anything was likely to be further motivated to do so. And says Ben's father elaborated the following year that the family was told to rescind the reward while the Vortex Spring area was uh, for exactly this reason. And uh, so, yeah, that's kind of the, the, the ending of it was like his body was never found. His parents tried what they could and that, it wasn't successful and unfortunately more divers died trying to find this body there's so, no really neat bow to end this no up with yeah kind of is that um it says here that there were subsequent investigations so i guess by 2011 it seemed unlikely that ben's body would be found in the cave and the mcdonald's began considering the possibility that he had died as, re- as a result of foul play so that he had been murdered yeah um and that his diving disappearance was staged to cover up a crime 
or perhaps he had been found dead by the dive shop staff who feared the consequences of that discovery. They hired a Florida private investigator, Lynn Marie Cardi, who found that other people associated with the Vortex Spring besides Kelly had criminal records and quoted saying, there is just as much reason to look above the water for Ben's body as there is to look below in the cave. Um, I mean, I agree, but like that seems like a lot of effort to go to to just like hide the fact that somebody died in the cave considering that other people have died as well yeah you know what I mean like other people have died due to like caving accidents so like why would you cover up his specific one yeah that doesn't make any sense I I don't know and also like it doesn't seem like there's any real reason to murder him Right. Like I there's I don't see that being a thing either. But I mean like I mean, money maybe, but if they wanted money, they would have taken the like a thousand dollars in cash. In he his had. Car. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean it's interesting because obviously like if they're speculating foul play, like there has to be some sort of hint at that too, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's entirely possible that he could have like because no one was there to see if he surfaced or not and like somebody could have murdered him I don't know what the motive would have been but they could Mm -hmm. have like murdered him and like taken his body elsewhere but you would think that the cadaver dogs would have picked up on that oh yeah you would think if he was murdered like on premises yeah well it says here that um some other events reported to have occurred on the day Ben disappeared that support the foul play theory Mm mm-hmm so um, there's someone that said shortly afterwards on that evening, a man described as wild eyed and apparently drunk showed up at the shop and asked if it was too late to dive. The possibility has been raised that this man, if he did exist, may have been involved with Ben's disappearance. There mm-hmm. is also, I guess, um, earlier in the day, a diver had a confrontation with several teenagers on the property about their drinking. Um, they eventually left, but may have come back in an attempt to to exact revenge. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in March 2012, the parents of Ben arranged for cadaver dogs to search the area of the springs again, and they did not have any results at that time either. It is a missing persons story. That could have been caused by natural death in the cave well as natural as basically not human caused or potential foul play i personally am still leaning towards like a natural death i'm a fan of the whole faking your own death to start your life over Ooh, yes i when i was first reading this and i saw that he had like hit a rough spot i was like oh i would like i'd fake my death too yeah start over yeah, that one, I mean, I think that's the best outcome. <laughs> you would still think that For they'd sure. be like cadaver dogs, though. And also, like, if he's close with his family to the point where he's, like, staying at their parents, like, oh, just take a sabbatical. Like, we'll support you. Like, it's. I feel like you wouldn't just fake your death, too. Or, like, you would at least stay in touch with your family, if anything. Yeah, I don't know. Some people, though, just, like, completely will go, I mean, I, I don't know. Even if they are close, they just, like, snap, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah that's a bummer. Yeah, well, I hope that he's off living a life somewhere. Um, yeah, under a different name because that would be better. <laughs> yeah, than like um, a... 
I'm leaning towards he got washed out of the cave and got eaten by an alligator, and that's why there's no evidence. That's also possible. Because I just I don't know. see, like, a motive. Yeah, I don't see a motive either. No. I mean, it's like you said. Oh, excuse me. I mean, it's like you said. Um, If someone wanted his money, like, they could have just taken his wallet, and his wallet was found with, like, $1,100 in his truck, so. Right. I mean, that's the only thing. Because, like, men don't often get murdered for, like, no reason. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's usually women that just get killed by men who are just really effed up you know yeah, what i mean usually terrible people yeah usually when men are killed it's over something you know so yeah. i don't know it's true and if it yeah, had been so- like the drunk guy or something like that i feel like it like there would have been a ton of evidence you know what i mean yeah like i mean the cadaver dogs you would think would have picked something up from someone right because he's not going to be organized enough to like like cover up his tracks you know what right. i mean yeah Okay. So anyway, there is a um a documentary called Ben's Vortex out there somewhere, apparently. Okay. So yeah. Sure. Um I just went on the good old Wikipedia to read that story. So but if you right. if you Google search Ben McDaniel, there's a bunch of a uh, bunch of stories out there. Yeah. And it all says the same stuff that's like on Wikipedia anyway. So well it there's not it seems like a lot of extra information, you know. Well, that was interesting, mysterious, mm-hmm. a little spooky, yeah. a little spooky spook right before bedtime. My fave. <laughs> this is why you always dive with a partner. Yes, uh, and with proper certification, please. Yes, please, yes. please, please. Yeah. This was Cave Talk with Jillian and Haley. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. Um, all right, well let's let's bring the mood up a little bit from potential murder. Yeah. Um, let's talk about happy things. Happy things that happened this week. Um, I got to see all of my good friends, except minus one that was part of our group that couldn't come, but I got to see all my good friends for my friend's bachelorette party. Yay! So that was super fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then a thing that I'm looking forward to this week or towards the end of this week, I guess, technically, this Wednesday, um, I decided in the shower about an hour and a half ago that I am going to go treat myself to get my toenails and my fingernails done this weekend because I need to relax and I need to make myself pretty again. I love that. That's what I'm doing. I'm looking forward to that. I finally need to get a pedicure. I looked at my feet the other day and I was like, holy shit, these have some calluses on them. (laughs) (laughs) I need to scrub these bad boys. (laughs) I need to redo my nails because they're they're looking ragged, but no, that's great. I got these press-on ones from Walgreens that worked pretty well. And if you're ever like in a hot pinch, Mm -hmm. like they just have like a sticky adhesive underneath them and you just like put them on your nails and press them down and like if you need to go an event and you're like ah shit i should probably get my nails done if you don't have time Mm -hmm. get some press on nails works just fine i can't i don't do press on nail i just i'll grow mine out like i have pretty good nails but um because like i'm constantly working with my fingers so it's a waste of money for me even if it is just like an event but like if Uh, you can do it go go live your dream if you're not working a manual job like me (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, the press on ones were good for Nashville because I really need to get my nails done again. Um, but I didn't have time to. So I just put the press on ones on mm-hmm. and they work fine. It was good for like what I needed them to do. Yeah. There you so, go. Yeah. Well, go pamper yourself. You probably really, really need it. I do. Um, I treat myself. I guess my happy thing, like besides the fact that my little garden is growing, it makes me so happy. I'm ready to like can. I want to like can stuff. I'm so That's excited. Fun. But um, I bought a bar cart off of Facebook Marketplace. Cool. Because we need one that's bigger than what we have. Like what we have is definitely not enough for all of our accoutrement that we have yeah. along with all of our liquor because Corey's gotten really into making cocktails. So we have like all I the glass. I saw your there. strawberry smash. Was that what that was? Yeah. That yeah. looked yummy. It's like strawberries, bourbon. I don't know what else he put Some in there. Bitters or something, I think. Yeah, and, and Gostra bitters yeah. so we have like all these bitters like all of these syrups like it's a that's whole fun. it's a whole thing so so I bought one that's not really my style but it was really cheap yeah and I'm completely like flipping it and like redoing it so that it suits like my style. personal style like I'm putting wallpaper on this oh on like I'm, the the tray part to give it yeah. some pizzazz or like on the edges yeah, on the tray and like in the shelving. And I, cool. I think it's gonna look really cool. So I'm gonna do that and I'm gonna paint it. And I'm like, haven't done anything like this in a while. So it's kind of nice to like get back yeah. to furniture flipping. Yeah, but it was fun. Yeah, it's a really good price. So I was like, let's get it's got enough space. Let's do it. Let's just, I'll just make it what I want it to be. Yeah, totally. So, you have to send yeah. me a picture of it when you're done with it. I, will. I go on those tiktoks a lot and i'm like man my toxic trait is thinking that i could flip furniture and sell it (laughs) like (laughs) i definitely don't think i could but i really like to think that i could so if i had the space maybe i would try it like just get like a cheap thing for free off like a marketplace or flea market and try it um but that's that's the thing yeah don't start off with like the nice stuff I know I would piss people off if I started doing that on TikTok because I am a big fan of just painting things instead of dealing yeah. with like refinishing the wood because it's such a pain in the ass. Like they're like, well, it's, you know, an antique and you should have to do this and don't cover it up. I'm like, are like, you paint it? <laughs> are you doing this? Do you yeah. want to do this for me? Like, like, come on down. You know what I mean? What's like, that saying? Opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one. <laughs> right. It's like, until I see you like refurnishing a- antique furniture, then we can talk. And this isn't even antique. It's just like, you know, something off of Wayfair. So yeah, I, it's just I'm going to do whatever I want to it. Yeah. Um, and paint is great. Paint is yeah. great. So that's my, that's my happy thing. Cool. I like that. That's a good yeah. one. Um, all right. So, uh, is this where, where can we say goodbye? Oh no, this is not. No, where we, we got goodbye. <laughs> we got to say some stuff. Um, so where can our uh, listeners find us? Our listeners can find us on the social medias. That is at Mother Nature Wikipedia Podcast on Instagram and M N W K Y on. Or, I'm sorry, M N W K Y Podcast on Twitter, and then on our website, Mother Nature Wikipedia Podcast.com. You can mm-hmm. look at us there, listen to us there. You could also listen to us on any streaming platform 
like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, what have you. Yes. And um, if you have a personal survival story of your own that you'd like to submit, there is a uh, page on our website where you, it's a, a little submission section. You can just type up your stories, hit send, it'll go to us. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. You don't have to have um, gone cave diving and disappeared. Um, no one knows where you are. Uh, Might have been murdered. Doesn't have to be that. But Ben McDaniels, if you're out there somewhere, we want to hear about it. So, you know, submit what you got. It could be something like what happened to my mom, where she found some quicksand uh, yeah. <laughs> randomly. Please, like. It doesn't have to be anything um, super crazy, just anything where you felt a little uncomfy in nature um, or was in a situation that just kind of made you uh, icky. Yeah, (laughs) icky. Um, It was a little scary. Uh, So send those in at that submission point. Um, And then if you want to help out the podcast, um, but you don't have any money because you live in capitalist hell, like the rest of us, <laughs> you can give us a five-star review on any of the listening platforms. So to tell the al- algorithm to like push us up the charts and be like, hey, other people come listen to this crazy ass podcast because it's it's great. Interesting. So <laughs> please do that if you want to. All right. I think that's about it. I think Next week we're going to be, or next time we're going to be moving away from the claustrophobic caves and into the wide open. So get ready. We're also going to take a little tropical vacation. Ooh. Going to be a time. I'm excited. Yeah. All right. So I guess with that. Well, until next time, stay safe. But most of all, stay curious, explorers. See you later. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's funny.